Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. At the end of the day, when it comes to nutrition for running, you're trying to get enough in most of the time rather than trying to take less. Yeah. And when people get into running for weight loss, they're trying to take less. Yeah. If you are a newbie runner or any kind of level runner and you're not fueling for performance or fueling just to run, you are really starving your body. Not only yeah. depleting it, you're starving it and you are preventing your performance from improving. Yeah. People will generally gravitate back towards one of the fads because they remember that that's the thing that worked but they don't realize that that thing got them into a position where they need to do it again and i think if you think about it, most people have regulated their their diets dependent on appetite levels throughout their entire life yeah you know, i'm hungry i need to eat so i can understand how then a new runner if they've got no appetite they don't eat and when they're running you don't really get hungry when you're yeah. running before getting on to today's conversation wouldn't be able to bring you our Making a Runner podcast without the support of our valued sponsors. This episode is proudly brought to you by On The Move. The four bros have been a big supporter of the work I do within the community and they always aim to bring you the finest quality sports, health and lifestyle products to help you achieve and maintain all your desired health and fitness objectives. One of these products I am personally a big fan of is On Running. This sports apparel brand offers Swiss excellence both in quality and performance and has enjoyed key international design and technology awards. Even though when it comes to running shoes, my advice to my clients is always to go on what makes them feel most comfortable, I can guarantee that whether you get yourself into a pair of on shoes for daily life, work or casual purposes, you will not regret it. The shoe is extremely comfortable, stylish and is my go-to for these long hours spent on my feet, especially at work. Make sure to check them out at onthemovestore.com or simply pop into one of their stores in Durban, Joburg or Cape Town this is a top tip from me to you. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Nicola! Davide! How are the legs feeling, my boy? They're quite, Tell me. They're quite sore still. Oh, they're quite eh? sore? I mean, uh, yeah. Why are, why are they sore? <laughs> Man, I think... Uh, Did you do something over the weekend? <laughs> those bloody downhills are the downhills, eh? I think that's what hurt me at uh, Two Oceans. Okay, well, guys, here we are. We are Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We are four days post Total Sports Two Oceans Marathon 2023. Uh, we trained. We trained very hard for it. We went. We conquered. We got it. We got it. We, we got both. We both got our silver medal. But yeah. um, yes, there we go, guys. That's that's all we got. That's all we heard. That's what Tara Stain was doing for us as we came <laughs> across the finish line. She was like, "No, you, no, you." <laughs> but um, but it it was a hell of a journey. Um, I think um, I think I can speak on behalf of Nick and I when I say it, it was an absolutely epic training period, and we loved you know doing the two oceans. Um, special episode or special edition with you guys because uh it was just really nice for us to also be in it and, and just talk about the whole experience but yeah, um, feel the whole vibe i mean guys we honestly felt so much support down in cape town yeah, for the podcast crazy. we are so thankful for each and every supporter that came out and 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 said anything to us even on route i mean i got called davy i listened to your podcast <laughs> i got called no. davy on the run a few times <laughs> I was like yeah 
yeah, Davy on the run. Uh, it felt good, man. Thank did you. Did it feel good? Eh? Yeah. I, I didn't get any Davy on the run. So. And did you get any Nick the Buyer? <laughs> no. Oh. Sorry, my boy. Sorry, my guy. Yeah, I did. Are. I did get it. I listen to your podcast. You I'm are like, the famous guy here. Ah, uh, no. But uh, guys, we went there. We had a great time. We both got our targets. But it just goes to show, you know, if you train, you train hard. You know what you're training for. And you, you're conscious about your training and you think about the process and uh, preparing for race day. Um, the chances are that you are going to have a great day come race day. And I think, you know, we, we're quite excited because we are going to go into a Comrades Special Edition yes. series uh, going forward from here. Even though Nick's not running, so... Yeah, but I thought to myself, it's actually quite nice supporting her. It's probably better. It's definitely... Did you enjoy supporting your wife at two I, I love supporting her. I love supporting <laughs> the 21K. The 21K was such a cool day. I mean, it was perfect yeah, it was weather. Epic. It was so busy. Hey? I can't believe that amount 16, of 16,000 runners. Yeah, it was honestly... 16, the whole weekend runners. in Cape Town was actually exceptional. Ah, no. I, I, the vibe. My, my fondest running memory was Cape Town Marathon in 2021. Mm. When I got my marathon PB, that was, that was my highlight. Um, and I was hoping that Two Oceans was going to supersede it. And you, you always have the, that hope, and sometimes it doesn't happen. But uh, I can honestly say Two Oceans was is my new fondest memory of running that I've ever had. It was, for, for sure. me, for sure. three hours and 53 minutes <laughs> of pure joy. I, I, I can't tell you enough. Like, I had so much fun. I was... I was the hype guy for the crowds and I was just I was just having a jaw and yeah. it's so rare when you just have like <laughs> such a good day for sure I mean and I was running on the day and I had Davey running with me and we'd go past bunches of crowds and Davey would just be like Whoa! and yeah. the crowd would just feed off of him yeah it but, was but 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 it was a good day for most people it was a good day for you Nick <laughs> you came in at three hours and 58 minutes and you had backed yourself to do anything under four so I have to commend you it was absolute clockwork yeah. but tell me about <laughs> tell me tell me what happened why at do the, we have to go tell me this? what happened at the 20th kilometer so please. this is the reason why Davey finished five minutes ahead of me really. no it's not <laughs> <laughs> so what happened is guys I had I had to go to the toilet uh, unfortunately um, you know some sometimes you t you plan it to a tea in the morning and you managed to get in the loo and some days tell you just him about the night it. before though go back no, no, we, <laughs> we don't want to bore okay. him with those details but yes i should have gone the night before i chose not to don't hold it in and uh, Top tip. so i'm now running 20ks and i'm feeling comfortable you know my stomach is is okay but i know that coming with the hills my stomach is not going to feel too great. And I know that it's still dark right now. So this is perhaps my <laughs> chance. So I, I reach out to Davey and I say, look, bud, can you phone Catherine? Which, uh, our wives were 5Ks or 10Ks away at that time. And just have some toilet paper ready for me. And uh, he was like, why? Wow, you need to go to the bathroom. So I was like, yeah, actually, I really need to go. And he was like, well, you can use my sleeve. So I'm like. I, I said that sarcastically. Yes, I said that trying <laughs> to be a friend, being like, rather than just be like, oh, like tough luck kind tough of thing luck. i was like you know i'm a bit of a people pleaser so i'm like okay like i'll help take you take my sleeve you can boy. use my sleeve and he took it i was like damn straight i'll take your sleeve right now and he was like are you for real <laughs> yes give me your sleeve he took his gels out of his sleeve because yeah. he was carrying gels ingeniously in his sleeves uh, and then he gave me tough, guys, he gave say. me his sleeve and uh, yeah that saved my race so davy I have to say thank you. Oh, you thank know, you, my boy. Welcome, I am boy. forever you know grateful. That, that's, that's what running partners are for. <laughs> but um, you owe me an arm sleeve. 
But you know, guys, we're talking about ultra marathon here, but the podcast today is really about taking it back right to the beginning of your running journey. And the guest that we that we have on today is an extremely learned individual. Uh, he speaks so confidently. He speaks so well. Uh, his name is Dave Watkins. He is a transformation coach, and we talk about running and weight loss. It's it's often something that goes hand in hand. The relationship is pretty simple. I mean, you're running, you're burning a lot more calories, so you naturally lose weight. A lot of people get into running for weight loss. A lot of people can't control their weight loss through running. And these are all hot topics that we really cover today. At the end of the day, you know, running comes down to fueling your body for the activity that you take part in. And that's extremely important. It's something that Davey and I have really uh, taken on our own Absolutely now. Huge. And we focus so much on. So if you're a newbie runner looking to get into running, you're perhaps losing weight, perhaps wanting to lose weight and want to know about how to go about doing it the correct way, the healthy way, to, to in order to safeguard your longevity through running, this is the episode for you. So I highly recommend giving it a listen, guys. And please give us some feedback after the show here's dave watkins enjoy the conversation enjoy guys dave thank yeah. you so much for being here today with us no problem it's good to be here really really appreciate you taking the time and i think it's going to be a really interesting conversation there's a lot of runners out there that you know get into into the sport for something that you are pretty good at doing as, as a coach and i want to just start off at the beginning Tell us a little bit about your your in, uh, your industry that you're currently in and also how you've navigated through it as your career has progressed. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of your listeners probably, I don't look like a runner, um, <laughs> so I'll just put Whoa. that out the way. <laughs> I'm not doing any half marathons or, or anything like that, but yeah, I'm a body transformation coach. Essentially, I work online and been doing that probably full-time for only about the past four or five years, which sounds extremely small, but um, yeah, it's gone well. It's allowed me to travel a lot now, live life you know, on my terms with freedom, and um, probably going to live in four countries this year, which is exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's just been a passion that just continued to progress, and I've been lucky in very many elements, I feel, but obviously it's come after a lot of hard work and still hard work to come, but um, yeah, essentially... I just get people in shape, get them strong, get them healthy and um, push them past what they previously done on their own for, you know, often a decade and get people great results. Well, uh, that's that's one way to, to go about the coaching element, you know. So you obviously are not so much like what we often talk about on this podcast. We all, Whenever we talk about coaching, we're always talking about running coaching and programming and those types of sort of uh, workout plans. Your your style of coaching is more of an holistic style of coaching, am I correct in saying? Yeah, so I mean, it, it started out pretty holistic, I guess, through my own journey. Now it's more about getting the most out of people. You know, before I probably coached very much general population. Now it's more about actually getting high performance out of people because in my own journey, so this will be way over all your listeners' <laughs> heads and stuff, but I did six bodybuilding shows back in the day. It caused a lot of problems with my eating, caused a lot of problems with my body image. It was just a bit of a rough time. And then I kind of navigated my way through that. Uh, and through that experience, I then started helping people, maybe not through post bodybuilding shows, but getting them to a place where they were losing weight, they were looking better, they're feeling better, but also looking after the mental states on the way. And then now it's kind of evolved into actually getting high performance out of myself because obviously I travel, I need to work. Um, and the one thing I noticed throughout my career was that the business always went up and down as my mental state went up and down. 
and you know probably Nick can relate when you're busting on all ends mm -hmm. and you're helping people you kind of leave yourself to last so I found my mental health was going up and down all the time so I thought okay I need to find a way where my energy is protected through the foods that I'm eating through the way that I'm training and that's where the service has now gone to where it's about protecting people that have high performance in their life and they need high performance in their in their training and their nutrition now because yeah we live in such a fast-paced world now I feel and uh, it's very easy to slip up and once you slip up you know people can't take time mm. off work you can't you know say hey I need to take a month off for my mental health so you have to be kind of one step ahead that's my opinion now so that's where I'm more gravitating towards now is people that are pushing the limits on their careers how can we get more out of them through their training, through nutrition and protecting that mental state as much as possible. So do you also touch on sort of being a life coach then as well in, in, in conjunction with obviously high performance? Yeah, I mean, the, I'm not in, in any way qualified on the, on the mental side and the psychological side, but, you know, I went through my own mental journey and that doesn't make me qualified to speak on it. But I just feel that you can't really have the physique without the mindset to back it up. So a lot of the stuff within my coaching practice, even though it's online, there's a lot of personality behind it. There's a lot of personal touches, consultations, mm. education, um, because, you know, especially if you want to take your physique far, you're running far, any kind of health and fitness endeavor, you can't do it with a previous mindset that you had. And I'm sure you guys can attest, as you've pushed your performance higher in your running, as you've strived for more, the mindset has had to follow that. You haven't had the same mindset yet two years ago. Yeah, I think I think always for me it's like even recently when I when just just before two oceans training it was like I'd been in, in like quite a bit of a lull and like lacking motivation and all of that and it's like if you really want something you got to be all in and it's like you got to you got to have that for, for me it's like you got to have that tunnel vision and that focus on your goal otherwise it's too easy to get sidetracked and not actually fully commit to it mm. so but it's also a, a mental switch that you got to be able to make uh, and, and those type of journeys you know when we're committing to a race we're committing to a race five six months down the line to have that tunnel vision focus only on that race for six months can really affect all the other pillars of your life and it mm. makes it very difficult unless you're a professional athlete to purely do that sure. 100%. And, and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with so although your background and your journey is my, the, the competitions that you were taking part in uh, might not be the, the normal uh, journey that our runners are getting into the, the struggles that they found or that they'll find along the journey is very similar. You know, it's your daily life struggles of juggling your work, life, family, and social balance. So I think, you know, in, when it comes to the holistic side of coaching or as a coach, even as a running coach, you've got to be looking at all those elements because they will affect your performance. And if you're only focusing on performance alone and, you know, you only swear by one thing, it can become, it, it's, it's a very slippery slope. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'd really just want to, unpack that today and that's what the most of our conversation is going to be about but I, th I think you know coach the person not the process mm. i'm sure you guys have processes mm. that you go through with running and you know as a coach we have a process that we want to take someone through but at the end of the day you've got to coach the person yeah you know it comes down to what makes them tick how can you get more out of them how can you balance them as an individual because you could maybe increase someone's running performance but it might ruin their marriage in the in the process you know, not to that extreme, but yeah. there's always that balance of actually coaching the individual and um, trying to get the most out of them, but also in a way where it's going to protect them. See, I'm enjoying this because currently 
Dave is coaching Nick and Nick is coaching me. <laughs> so I'm I'm really I'm not we're I'm not I'm hoping triangle. Nick's listening here because I'm interested yeah. to see what gets spat out. Eh? Well, yeah, I I think you know we can start with the 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 running weight loss side of it because I think a lot of runners. I know personally my journey started, you know, it's not that I wanted to go into running for weight loss, but I knew that it would be a nice... It's good for you. It, it would be a nice additive. You know, I was picked up a little bit of weight. I was unfit. And, you know, if you're not training, looking after yourself, weight gain generally comes with that. Too much so, pizza, pasta. Too much pizza, pasta, yeah. too much of my favorite foods. <laughs> and, you know, you start running and before you know it, you you know, if you're not massively overweight, you start running and the chances of you being able to lose weight through the process are pretty good. You know, if you stick to it three months, six months a year, you will see the benefits. I mean, if you look at pictures of Davey when he started running to Davey, how he is now, the way that his body has changed without him necessarily changing anything about his eating, if anything, eating way more than what he was before. It's just the process of calories out versus calories in. Am I correct? Yeah, 100%. And I think also... You know, your body adapts to the stimulus it has on it. So I've been lifting weights. That's why I look bigger. You guys run, therefore you're slim and you're effective at running. And whatever stimulus you give to the body, it's going to adapt. And like you said, six, three months, a year down the line, something will adapt. And I find running is, is a decent tool because most people can do it. The barrier to entry is very low. Um, but like you said, sometimes people jumped it when they shouldn't and i said also with clients you know someone will be 90 kgs and they they want to run and i'm like we need to shave off some pounds before we get you you know out running and i'm sure you guys see that all the time where people jump into running maybe you're not with a coach or not mm. in the physical state to do it and ultimately break down as with any sports i mean yeah. you jump into any sports unconditioned and but I think running has got that added element of issue related to it because of the ease of access to running. Yeah. Like if, if for any other sport, you know, if you, you're not just going to start going and playing rugby now no. or just going yeah. kick a ball around. It's, it's a lot different with running. You can just get motivated. You listen to something or your friend wants to go run and you just go try and you think you're going to lose some weight. But yeah, I think the added risks of injury when you are too heavy for your frame, you know, it's it is a problem not that all 90 kilo runners are too heavy some some no, just have a big frame and yeah. there's people that are running excellent time at that weight and but it just goes to show you know if you look at the world elite level runners and we always bring it down to that uh, those guys are feather light and i think you know when you are when the sport requires you to carry your own weight for x amount of distance naturally the lighter you are the better that is yeah, yeah. so Davey, with you and, and your running experience, you know, you've seen that weight loss. Have you seen the benefit of it through your running? Do you find that being lighter, do you perform better? Or is that just something that people think that, oh, that guy's super light. He must be fast. Mm, yeah, my, my journey was also quite interesting. I mean, when I started running, when I came back from Stellenbosch and moved to Durban, I was also very much into gym. Uh, I was, I was a, a gym bro, kind of, just like <laughs> very... Very self-obsessed with my image. Um, yeah, I just uh, spent way too much just constantly worrying about, you know, what I looked like and, mm. and following a diet that was, you know, just p pure pure protein, no Unbearable. carbs. Carbs were the devil <laughs> for me. So I yeah. think I also had a bit of a, a eating disorder um, that I've never really, like, gone into because I've naturally self self progressed yeah. into a much healthier state where i am now and for me running you know running was so 
it was challenging at first because as I ran more, I lost that physique that I had. I, I started to lose muscle and, and get thinner. And that was a real struggle for me. Lots of people actually started making comments because yeah. for some reason, it's funny how, how if you're, you, you can't make comments about females and their weight, <laughs> but for some reason it, it's free game. If you want to call, say, Oh, you're looking very skinny. And yeah. that was, that really affected me because you know, the word skinny for a guy is, is not a nice term. You no. know, you, you start thinking, Oh, do I look, funny do i look unhealthy sort of thing so that was also a big challenge for me and and i would honestly say only over the past year where i've where i've completely accepted I, i've i've never felt more comfortable in my own skin it's your identity now it's my identity yeah. and like and for me that that's important so if somebody says I, i'm skinny you know it's first of all i'm like shut up because like keep your comments to yourself <laughs> but i also know like yeah okay maybe i'm i'm thinner for a reason though you know it's because i'm running a hundred and a hundred uh, upwards of 100 k's a week but that for me is my passion that's what me makes me happy and accepting that and getting to getting to that stage of of being you know truly comfortable in your body is just has been an amazing feeling for me 100 percent, and like for me i don't care what the person does you know, if it's running, if it's strength training, if it's badminton, you know, own what you're doing. And yeah. I think if we look at the foundations, what all of us are doing or anyone watching who's on the pursuits of something better, at the foundation, it's all the same. We all want to be better. We're all striving for more. We're all singled in on something that we want to achieve within ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you do get a lot of comments. I mean, I see it all the time with my clients. They get criticized even when they're looking their best people criticize so it's just natural human instincts unfortunately in this day and age to criticize mm. um but i think you probably helped that you had such a strong performance based goal because even though people might have said oh you're getting skinny it's because your performance drove you to lose weight mm. you know and I, mean? I, just, I think also just finding your passion hey i mean it's, mm. it's like once you found, found once i found that one thing that i was like this is what i'm meant to be doing i was just like I, you got to let go and you got to be like it doesn't it doesn't really matter yeah. um people are always going to make comments um i mean i went from 85 kgs to some currently 63 kgs wow. so it, w it, w it was a big transformation yeah. and people are going to make comments but this is by far the, the most comfortable i've ever been in my skin yeah. but um i when i first started running i i also got into it and i was you know, big into it for the weight loss because I was like, oh, this is, you know, the normal journey. I was healthy. I wouldn't eat in the mornings. And and I even carried that with me throughout most of my running journey is underfueling. So obviously for me now, recently I've jumped on the, the nutrition bandwagon and I'm like, it's super important to me. So yeah. what do you tell your clients that, um, that come in and they get into running and maybe they want to, you know, progress in their running. How do you advise them with, because obviously there's running for weight loss and then running for performance. And how do you, how do you, you know, constantly bounce between the two? Because I'm sure you, you, you're working with both. Both. Obviously people want to, you know, run for weight loss. And then obviously maybe you have some people who want to go for performance and you have to guide them, you know, in that direction. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you're ever wanting to improve in performance, then there needs to be, you know, uh, not a surplus of nutrition, but definitely more to help channel that performance. And when you're after fat loss, there's obviously going to be a deficit in terms of the nutrition. How far you want to take that deficit is obviously up to the person, and a lot of people take that way too far. But 
I mean, technically, I wouldn't classify myself as, as a running coach that drives more running performance. You know, I'm driving more performance in strength in the gym or within their life. Um, you know, a big thing for us uh, or for in my coaching program is getting people a fat loss results and then sustaining it. Because if you look at most people, they can lose body fat or lose weight, but they're never able to keep it off long term. And the way to actually sustain that weight loss off long term is to eat more. You cannot continuously eat what got you the fat loss. You do have to reverse diet out of that. So I wouldn't say I'm um, educated enough to talk about how to increase running performance from a nutrition standpoint. Um, but in terms of getting fat loss, in terms of getting strength, in terms of sustaining fat loss, that's where obviously I step in. And that's where you know the whole world has got a bit of a problem with that because most things are marketed, and I'm sure you probably see this within running coaching performance, short-term, quick wins, you know, quick fixes. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's not really that. That doesn't help long-term for anyone. Mm. So I think, I don't know, maybe it's, how could you give me your insights into that in terms of, if yeah. a come, I suppose not many clients will come to you for weight loss for no. running, especially at this point in your career. No, for sure. I think, you know, for myself, if someone's coming to me, they usually are, more performance based. Yeah. That's their goals. If they if someone's wanting a running coach, I think they they've got some level of goal or they need some structure in their running. I don't think it's a for from a weight loss perspective. Yeah. I think someone's more likely to come to you from a general background that it has let their left fitness slip their weight gain. And that's where, you know, then you might you might say, you know, if you're running a couple of five Ks in a week, that, that will add value to that uh, calorie yeah. deficits and surplus discussion that we were having. But I think just to redirect that that question a little bit better, if if a client had to come to you with wanting to go about weight loss in a healthy way, what would you deem a healthy way of going about that? Yeah, because I also, I, I wanted to hear about that because the whole weight loss journey is like, I mean, eating disorders it mm. might, is like a very common thing, especially with weight, with weight loss. hundred percent, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that that's the question is, is healthy weight loss compared to obviously forming an eating disorder? Like yeah. how, how do you manage that with 100%, your clients? Yeah. So I've never had a client come to me saying, I want to run to lose weight. You know what I mean? I've never had that question where I've been put into a corner where I need to lose weight, uh, so I'm going to start running, Dave. That's not really a conversation that's had. Mm. Um, but in terms of you know eating disorders and stuff like this, so that's kind of what I went through, not because I wanted to lose body fat, but, but because I needed to get on a bodybuilding stage. And you're 100% judged from your look. Yeah. What, nothing, a, what a brutal sport that yeah. is, eh? So it's not a matter of like, are you healthy? Are you mentally okay? It's just how you look. It's just... If you ain't looking good on that day, unlucky. So that makes you, you know, unknowingly at the time, because I wasn't a coach at that time, unknowingly cross over into territory where it's going to backfire on you horribly at some point, like it did for me. And I think even though that was in a, a, a competition stage, um, when I look at the general coaching that I see from day to day, that coaching is still applied to general population because the general population isn't aware um, of what the person's doing to them. And sure. the coach is either knowingly doing it to them to get great results in eight weeks with the person, post on Instagram, look like a hero, but then you go back eight weeks later, the client's a bit ruined. Yeah. What, what examples are those, like some unhealthy ways of going about a quick weight loss, you know, a couple of weeks and, and massive weight drop? How can yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll usually see some kind of liquid form of food. So some kind of meal replacement shake. That's, um, you know, there's a lot of big brands that do that, that have made a lot of money. <laughs> Because the person just, needs, yeah, <laughs> person just needs to drink the shake, it'll be 
super low calorie and the person thinks okay that's doing a great job i mean you see a lot of these fad diets you know different forms of them they've all got different names they're all the exact same thing crazy low calories um usually very easy to execute on so you know if i tell you to now eat a balanced diet and there's thoughts behind it and there's education behind it that's some work that the person needs to put in whereas with these fads it's usually very simplistic to follow for a very short time period at very low calories so therefore you get a really good result but is that result going to last no so people end up just cycling in their weight over and over again because the thing i find as well is that a lot of people when i have conversations with them they judge a diet's effectiveness on the results at the time that they're doing it so they'll come into a consultation with me and i say right what have you done in the past oh dave i did a ketogenic diet and i got amazing results so I'm like, hey, why are you sitting here talking to me now? <laughs> Not in the position where you don't need a coach. Because people only quantify the time on the diet as being the effective part. But when you look at any diet, it's actually what happened later on. That shows the effectiveness of the diet. So people will generally gravitate back towards one of the fads because they remember that that's the thing that worked. But they don't realize that that thing got them into a position where they need to do it again. So... I mean, it makes sense because if that's the only thing that's ever worked for you throughout your lifetime, it makes sense that you go back to the one thing that made you feel better at that time. But a lot of people aren't realizing the consequence of doing that diet is causing the binging afterwards, mm -hmm. which is causing immediate weight gain, which is causing confusion with the body in terms of mental states. It's causing horrendous relationship with food because the only time you've ever lost weight is when you drank those three shakes a day. So now you're kind of stuck in this position where you're convinced food makes you fat or certain types of food make you fat because you only ate cucumber and ice at one point and that got you the fat loss <laughs> or you had a shake. So that's when the demonization of food starts when you do these crazy diets and crazy challenges and... Can I tell you, I used to eat cucumber. Just straight up cucumber. <laughs> cucumber and carrots. That, yeah. was, that was my go-to snack. What a, oh, that's miserable, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I think yeah. it comes down to a lack of education. You 100%. Know? Yeah. And you just... <laughs> but but that being said so a huge part of my program is education yeah and a lot of people say they want education you hear it all the time because people are more aware now but when they are presented with the education opportunity not everyone takes it you know so i have tons of videos within my program i have longer format presentations and i noticed people weren't watching them so i was like okay you should be watching it but let me let me try something else so then it's cool i've got a daily podcast now still the same people aren't listening, aren't watching. So I think it comes down to what we spoke about earlier before the podcast is people being coachable. Mm. You know, there's many people that say they want results, that say they want education, that say they want life change, but when presented with the opportunity to do it, they're not really putting themselves and immersing themselves in the experience. And I'm sure you guys see it as well sometimes where people come to you for help saying they want it, but are they coachable? Yeah, well, I think sometimes they're just not willing to put in the work that it takes because um, I'm assuming a lot of the time, but some for me especially, by the time someone's decided to approach me, they've either got an issue, they've already picked up an injury, mm. they, they now need a miracle to get to a marathon <laughs> that's in three weeks' time. So it's always last minute they'll come. And I'm sure, you know, before someone comes and seeks weight loss advice or coaching advice from you, they've probably been thinking about 
looking for a coach or going in that direction for a few months already. And, oh, yeah. you know, they could have stepped into that sooner and gotten the gains that they would have been able to get. And with injuries, it's even worse because the injury just progresses and progresses to the point that then, you know, you have to miss your race because you, 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 sprained your ankle three weeks ago where if you had just managed it for a week you would have had no problems yeah. in the bigger scheme of things but but with running because my mom did 11 comrades so that's the only way i know some about running and i got, got the green number yeah go to one more and then call it quick, <laughs> yeah. Done. yeah and the thing i've seen with her and i've seen with lots of runners is that because it's such a one-dimensional not one-dimensional how can i say it's, it's such a tunnel visional endeavor it's like yeah. i must be that i must dominate that that when they get injured, they keep going and going mm. and going until the point of where it's like impossible to run. For sure. I think that's that's a specific uh, mindset that people get into when it comes to comrades in particular. Mm. And uh, Davey and I will chat more in detail. It's it's something that we have spoken about, making doing a podcast about it in particular, just the mindset behind why people go to the ultra marathon, why people go to comrades, especially coming from KZN. You know, comrades is one of those things that just stands out. If you if you run, you you need to have run comrades unless you're not really a runner, which is really a, a shit mindset. Yeah. Because honestly, a runner is someone that can go for a one K versus someone that can go ninety K. They're both runners. Exactly. But just because now you you've put this this glorified mm. uh, banner over it it's it's an issue and you know a lot of the time people in their training towards comrades they're doing their longest distance like every weekend now they're doing 25 that's their longest next week 30 that's their longest <laughs> next week 42 is their longest like they're just overloading so much so quickly to get to this comrades goal and i think that has a really negative impact mm. and although people haven't and i'll relate it back to what we were talking about in terms of the conversation although people don't come to me saying nick i want to lose weight this is why I want you to help me with running. I think there's a big stigma behind coaching from a running perspective. Mm. Uh, I think, and Davey, you might agree with me. I think a lot of people believe that they only need a coach if they are a higher level or yeah. high performing athlete. Yeah. Meanwhile, you don't really, you know, if you're wanting to start out your running journey, it is best done with a coach. And I'm sure it's the same thing when it comes to training oh, and nutrition. I, I think the barrier is being broken down there. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people out there are now, you know, realizing it, and and hopefully same in in both industries, mm. um, because yeah, it's, it's one thing Google searching, ten k training program, and you, you're going to come up with a whole bunch of forums, and like it's going to be useless unless unless maybe you're talking to ChatGTP, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> quite clever. Um, you guys are very necessary, and and I mean not just for a pro bodybuilder or a pro athlete, like um, somebody with that with that base and foundation of knowledge can pass it off to somebody just wanting to complete their first 5k and do it in the Makes best sense. way possible yeah well that's what it's about i think it's what they were saying it's just getting the best performance out of an individual hey yeah. um but I, th I think also well since i've traveled overseas i've seen south africa is less receptive to coaches really and i'm not sure if it's because of the economic situation perhaps you know there's not much as expendable income probably yeah. but i find people are far quicker to to be coached overseas um and you know, maybe Nick can also relate to this. Like you said, even if you're doing your first 5K, get a coach. It's the same with, you know, my industry. You'll see people come to you after 10 years of trying and then they finally get the correct help and, you know, get more progress in a year than in 10 years. And it's the same with running. You know, if you're going to do it, do it right. Get a coach to team up because, I mean, a lot of people doubt coaching. A lot of people in particular, I feel men, I think they just don't want to invest, to be entirely honest. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't think people doubt it, but it, it is 
it is quite a thing. I mean, I, I'm speaking from the outside. Like, like I'm a certain individual who who will try and sort it out on my own, and then <laughs> if it doesn't work, then <laughs> seek help. And yeah. for and for a long time, I think people just also want to try and do it themselves because maybe they don't want to they don't want to commit yeah. to that journey because for a lot of a lot of this, and it's also like going and seeing a bio. It's not just one session. You know, yeah. it, it is a journey. But if you look at the South African context, there you've got to pay medical aid. You've got to pay insurance in your house, insurance on your car. You've got to pay this. You've got to pay that. What investments are you actually making yourself? Yeah. And and this was something that you, you posted about and I read. And it's like, you know, if you want to if you want to build a house, you're going to hire a builder. 100%. You're not going to hire a builder in the last 10% of the build because now you've stuffed up your two walls aren't matching up anymore. I need you to fix this. Yeah. It's too late for then. So I think that we go, we're going down a rabbit hole there the of cost, coaching. Cost of yeah. living crisis, guys. <laughs> cost of living crisis in South Africa yeah. and coaching. But to go back to the, to the weight loss, before we uh, uh, rudely interrupted you to give us some yeah. examples of poor uh, weight loss behaviors. Give us what, the healthy what ones. Are, what are your healthier go-to weight loss behaviors? So the first thing is education. I mean, someone cannot, you know, create a, an autonomous lifestyle, independent lifestyle around nutrition without some kind of understanding about food because we eat food the rest of our life, but yet no one tries to actually understand it. You know, it's something everyone's guaranteed to do, but, you know, from a, I understand the logic behind it, but no one ever thinks about how can this food help me instead of I just need to eat because I'm hungry. You know, so I think the first thing is a lot of education. It's that saying, food is fuel. Yeah. It is so true, though. In anything, in running, in performance at your work. It is, though. Like, we don't realize what we're putting in our mouths <laughs> is directly, why are you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> is directly, you know, actually driving us and, and, and making, making us function. Yeah. I mean, not just in running or gym, literally everything, your mood, mm. your performance at work. You know, it, it drives everything and it can either be a great asset or it can be a pretty average thing that just lingers around in your life um, and it's not something that you address. But I mean, in terms of what, what I do, it's a lot of education, not all at once. Obviously, it's, it's dripped out over months. Um, exposing them to different foods. So giving them different meal options where, you know, another coach might just give them rice for dinner all the time and then they lose weight on rice. And then they get to the end of the transformation process and now they're like, oh shit, rice was the thing that made me lose weight. So what diet do you believe in then? I mean, or, or do you have, do you, so if someone comes to you and wants to do keto, will you do keto? Or is, no. there, is there a diet that you Unless in? someone's got like epilepsy. Okay. You know, keto has a specific function within a medical field, but generally nine times out of 10, it's not going to work out for someone, general population. Or So, so what do you go, Mediterranean kind of? No, so I mean, I don't label as anything. You know, the minute you label a diet, mm. then you're, you're immediately putting restrictions on it. And I think a diet is a process to an end. Like you said, you know, Makes you're sense. committing to a diet for yeah. three months. But what, what Dave is talking about is a lifetime yeah. of nutrition. Yeah, like a nutritional strategy. A strategy that can move, a strategy that's fluid, a strategy that's flexible. A strategy you go out for dinner, you can have a burger. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's idiotic to think that you can box yourself into some kind of food-eating pattern that you're going to stay rigid in for the rest of your life. But like I said, fads do well because it does make you rigid. It is easy to execute on for an eight-week period, but it's impossible to execute on a 52-week period. Um, so I can't label it anything because it's, it's dynamic, it's fluid, it moves with the person because everyone's different, different taste mm. buds, different food wants and needs. Um, so it's all about 
you know, providing the client with a lot of food options, a lot of meal options, a lot of variety so they can be exposed to different foods so they never get attached to a food causing a specific result. And then educating them on the back end so they can start thinking independently and think for themselves. Because if a client's going to depend on me the entire time to make food choices for them, what are they going to do when I'm not there? And when you're talking about educating them on the back end is making them understand the caloric value of food is is that one of them? Because, I mean, if you're talking about surplus and deficit, then you're wanting your client to understand that, hey, this meal, this type, this size meal is X amount towards your total daily caloric intake. 100%, yeah. Have guidelines, not rules, but guidelines, and then allow the client to move within those guidelines. So everyone will move a different way. Everyone will make decisions for themselves, and it's teaching them how to do that on their own because they do need to be independent at some point. No one's going to hire me for the next five years. And, yeah. and I mean, well, it can happen. You, you hope. I've had some for four years, to be honest, but that's not a that's not a dependent thing. Yeah. And I mean, on top of that, you say you also throw in the the, the conditioning element, the, the strength yeah. element. 100%. Now, obviously, that's where you know we would see the the running element coming in for that for that extra caloric sort of uh, output that we would use mm. through running. I mean, generally speaking, if you're getting someone restricting their diet and increasing their training running like they are going to be on a massive calorie deficit so most people starting their running journey they don't really need to change anything about their their dietary intake to begin with to actually see the the value of running but a lot of people start with both they just go cold turkey i'm going to start eating clean and i'm going to eat less and i'm going to start running 10ks a day yeah i think it's that human nature if you feel uncomfortable and if you feel disgusted and hungry yeah yeah like you just you want to change you know you've spent months not doing anything and you want to go you know i think i've probably done before as well you think let me go completely the opposite way Mm. Um, and that's why people gravitate towards fads fads because they are extreme they are the opposite that's why people will you know cut their calories and run because it's it's like i want the quickest changes possible and i want to go to the complete opposite of what i was doing because Mm. right now what i'm doing i feel like shit so the opposite will surely make me happy. But yeah, you've seen people. Yeah, look, you, you want that long-term solution. You don't want that short-term break you down and return back to where you were previously yeah, even exactly. worse off. And yeah. it often is way worse than yeah. what it was at the start. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, how, how important is the work in the gym? Yeah, so I mean, I love the work in the gym. And I'm, you know, not because I love necessarily lifting weights. I just find, and you guys might find this with, with uh, running, it's just your opportunity to escape. You know, I'm sure when you guys run, endorphins are released. You're not thinking about anything else. It's an opportunity to just be out. And for me, that's what the strength training has turned into now. Yes, I'm lifting weights, but my mind's somewhere else. I'm focused on that one task. I'm tracking my performance just like you guys do. But of course, it builds, you know, a healthy foundation for anyone's physique. Um, So the strength training, it's nice because it gets people to be far more accountable. I think if you're not doing running or strength training or some kind of physical activity every day, it's going to be hard to keep your balance in that diet and to keep that structure because it kind of grounds you each day. Um, so the strength training is it's always been hand in hand with me and what I do because most of the time people want to get stronger. They want to look better um, and they want to function and feel better. And strength training just you know ticks off all those boxes. And do you feel that there's quicker results for people wanting to lose weight and 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 get more to their sort of body image is the wrong word because people have a skewed body image of what they actually look like yeah. uh but to, to for lack of a better word get them to their desired body image does strength would you apply a nutritional and strength strategy to that individual 
If you love the work we are doing and the impact that Making a Runner has had on the running community so far, then why not become an official Making a Runner fan? That's right guys, Making a Runner is now on Patreon. Although this started purely as a passion project, we have had to become realistic about the time and cost of running a successful podcast. And that is why we've decided to set up a Patreon membership where our fans can make a pledge to support our work and help us further expand our reach into the greater global running community. If you're not in the position to commit to something like this, that's okay. We appreciate each and every listen and owe all our success to you. But if you want to make a pledge and become a super fan of the show, make sure to go and visit patreon.com forward slash making a runner. Thank you for your continued support and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, 100%. So strength training protocol and obviously the nutritional plan. Um, obviously the strength training plan will depend be dependent mm-hmm. on the person's gender, their level of experience, just like you guys, you know, with, with someone comes in for running, it's going to be dependent on the context of the situation. Um, but it's not like I don't tell people to do cardio, by the way. So yeah, yeah, usually yeah. what I'm doing is I'm prescribing a step count each day. Okay. So they can do that with running. They can do that with whatever they want as long as they're moving. Obviously, it depends how much running they're doing to get that step count. And then I'll step in because, you know, it's quite easy to overload the running, to overload the strength training and to make them all start bashing against one another. Um, but I'm a huge advocate of step counts. So getting people out walking, get them moving. Because if you look at, you know, a lot of people will get into the gym because they think it burns calories, you know, and you might have heard that before from clients or whatever, you know, and especially with smartwatches now where the calorie burn is in people's faces. So people think that the strength training is there to burn calories, but it's actually awful at burning calories. And it's not something you should look to as your primary calorie burner. So moves throughout the day is going to be 10 times more effective. Here's a fitness myth for you to bust. Um, (laughs) Does lifting weights only bulk you up or? um Well, that depends how you lift it depends how long you lift you know i've been lifting for 14 years i've purposefully uh i wouldn't say i've tried to get bigger it's just everything i do leads to that outcome and i've actually gone smaller recently because i did was too big i felt a bit too grotesque and i was a bit uncomfortable so i actually did were loop. you walking in sideways through the a truth little... is dave wants to start running that's <laughs> yeah, what yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> no i guess you know you guys might evolve in your running journey as well where you know it, you change as a person so what you do changes and you know maybe when I was younger the pressure to look bigger was more there because you know as a male in a fitness industry where it is judged on body image there's that pressure even though you don't necessarily say there is there is Um, and especially because I'm on social media every day but then as you mature and as you grow as a person you realize you're kind of chasing something for validation from others and maybe not for the purpose that you want to do it Um, so I have gotten smaller and I probably will progressively get smaller because also the thing in the back of my head is that people don't think long-term when it comes to health and fitness. And how was I thinking long-term if I was too big? Because how am I going to be that size when I'm 40? So my whole mindset at the moment with how I coach um, and the whole high performance thing and the way that I want to look is that if I'm looking like this at 30, I need to look and feel like this at 40. So that makes you start thinking differently and doing things differently. Yeah. Yeah, look, and I think the where Davey was coming from with that question is it's it's a common thing that a lot of runners try and avoid the gym because they think they're gonna bulk up. Oh yeah. So so I think I think people are so uh grossly incorrect <laughs> with how with how easy they think it is to pick up muscle. Yeah. That's it what is, I wanted to get to. It is 
mind-boggling. I mean, you wouldn't tell your son to not get a driver's license because they're going to become Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> you know, it's picking up muscle is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly monotonous. It is a very boring task. It takes years and years and years. And I think um, people that haven't pursued it think that it's just going to happen. Um, but and runners, I'm sure think, yeah. oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to get too big for running. But it's it's one of the best things you can do to back up your running performance, and yeah. I'm sure you guys can attest to that. Yeah, look for sure from a from a performance perspective, from an injury managers management perspective, from just an ability to move your body in different yeah. ways, like you were saying, you know, very one dimensional sport, very one uh, tunnel visioned uh, mindset, you know. Uh, strength and conditioning program over and above your running is going to add a different element to your training it's gonna it's gonna completely evolve your running and as dave says you know if you if you're staying out of the gym because you think lifting weights is gonna you know bulk you up and uh, affect your running performance then uh, you're grossly wrong (laughs) yeah it ain't gonna happen out of luck and chance it's you gotta have some seriously uh, uh, fantastic genes that you know uh, but even then it's gonna have to take a lot of hard work and there's that cross interference effect between the the running 100%. and what so davy is like coming across here cross interference davy what about it well what is cross interference well it's doing something that's not subjectively going to help the other thing <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you're not going to actually guess that because yeah. i <laughs> you're, you're well you're not going to suddenly pick up masses of muscle if you're simultaneously putting in a lot of mileage on the road yeah. i mean i remember when, when i first came to nick um <laughs> we uh, I, I was like still doing my my gymming routine and um all i wanted to do at the gym with him was just bench press <laughs> and he and he and he had to break the news to me and he was like dave Benching bench- life was over. <laughs> well, he said bench pressing is not going to make you a better runner. No. And you know what? I haven't done a single push-up or a bench press for the past like two and a half years. Yeah, so exactly. Thank you, coach. But guys, if you could just, <laughs> just go search deep down into YouTube, you'll find Davey's position. No, no. <laughs> Max <laughs> Benching. No, no. We won't touch on it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's that's but, going on Patreon. <laughs> okay, okay. That's for our Patreon subscribers. But yeah. Okay, the, the next myth. A lot of people believe that now if, you know, they've been – training a lot they, they perhaps have a little bit of muscle on them does muscle turn to fat no well of course not neither <laughs> the opposite direction you know um hold on does muscle turn to fat yeah i mean why would it well yeah. so, how's that a I, I get this a lot who wrote that one down you i get a lot of people coming to me thinking right. you know I, I used to be the strong big guy and now i've just let myself go and all this muscle is uh, just you know yeah. it's it's gone I mean, well, where does it go? What, what yeah, does it exactly. become? Tell me. Yeah, two completely different pathways. <laughs> and uh, I've never really understood that. I wish I could think of an analogy off the top of my head, but I can't. But um, yeah, this concept of muscle turning to fat or fat turning to muscle, I mean, it's, it's just non-existent. I yeah, think it's, it's just... It's two different elements. You can't... Yeah, I think it's just a simplistic way for people to kind of maybe justify something that's happened or, you know, just to <laughs> make sense of, you know, physiological pathways that, they can't understand so i can understand the simplification of it but it's yeah it's completely incorrect wrong, yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> busted okay the, the last one and this is a this is a really really common one and we get it a lot with, with runners but also i'm sure you get it with the people that you're trying to get do, them to do cardio do we yeah we do, do. We? okay do, well i do okay, da- davy does because he's always running next to me okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, how, that's yeah. how he gets it the fat burning zone now is that is that a mythical place or does, does it exist yeah, I mean, this is another thing where 
people see something or they see an article. Um, and we've also got to think a lot of the articles we see are positioned in a way to get you to read it, not necessarily to help you. Clickbait. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> there might be a study that talks about a fat burning zone, but it doesn't mean that you're then overall losing more body fat. You know. so, so you straight calories in, calories out, no matter, there's no fat burning zone kind of like, what about fast, fasting, intermittent fasting? I mean, the, the evidence doesn't back it up at the moment. So if I'm having 2000 calories in a day spaced out, you know, evenly on five meals or I'm having it intermittent fasting on two, um, the overall calorie intake that in the day is the same. So there's no net difference. And if the evidence changes on that, I'll change my opinion 100%. I'm never someone that's stuck to one way of thinking because... I've read it and now I believe it. Um, but at this current point in time, the literature doesn't back up that it's somewhat more it's effective. Su- it's such a sketchy environment to be to be in a eh? diet. Like it's yeah. like mm. it's like it's, it's a like black re- hole. It's like religion though. Like you get people who are like keto or death kind of, or I, I, or fasting mm. or death. Like I know people listening to that, listening to this, who hear that and be like, "But I'm I'm fasting," and that's their identity. It's identity. You know, if I come to you and tell you your religion is wrong. If I was fasting and you told me right now fasting doesn't work, I'd probably flip this table over. Yeah, because <laughs> also you've got to think about it. If fasting has changed someone's life, yes, if they've done great. everything yeah, yeah. and they've now done fasting the past six months and they feel incredible and it's changed their eating patterns and yeah. it's caused drastic results and now I come telling you, hey, it's not really superior in any way, of course you're going to fight me back on that. Yeah, You know, just as if someone insulted my coaching, I'd probably fight you back on it because it, it forms a big part of my identity. So I understand how people get very attached to a certain way if it creates a result and if they've read a lot of evidence that backs up their thinking because if you think it's changed your life, you're going to back that up with every article that you see and you're going to be quite biased because you're going to well, favor you ch- the you cherry pick. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people are looking to attach themselves to something these days. You know, religion isn't as big these days as it was in the past. And I think people are, and I don't want to make that a... That's, that's a clickbait, by the way. We're going to use that. Uh, Religion is yeah. that sentence. <laughs> yeah, but if you, if you look at it, they, you know, people used to be very attached to religion. Now it's kind of like, you know, as humans, we want to be part of a community. If we look at how humans have evolved, it's part of something. So that for now, for people, is something for them to attach to and be part of a group and be part of a collective thinking. So it's it's... It's very difficult from a coaching element from the whole health and fitness industry because there's so much psychology that goes in behind why certain things happen, but you got to kind of shift through it, say your message, stay strong in it, and, you know, eventually we'll see what happens. I also just think, you know, because the information is out there and people lack the education to interpret the information, uh, a lot of the time it can be misconstrued, you know. So, like, say, with that fat-burning zone, we know that as runners that if you are – essentially running at a low enough effort you'll be b- working predominantly your f- from from your fat stores yeah if you are burning energy faster than you need then you need your carbohydrates yeah. uh, and you know sometimes you can associate that to a specific effort level t- or to a specific heart rate but it's the, the evidence is, is a bit all over the place today, and that's where mm. people get caught out and yeah. saying this is the specific zone you got to stay in you know got to focus between this heart rate and this heart rate and now your heart rate has changed because you had a bad night's sleep or perhaps you haven't been eating well you stressed yeah. at work you know and now you you're working out in 
the wrong in the wrong uh, state anyway. Hundred percent. So it's just the information is out there for everyone to see, and we live in this world of as as Julie said in one of our podcasts, Julie Rawdon, the physio. We are just informivores. All we do is we just want to just take <laughs> in this information. Yeah, we just and, consume. But, but we just we, we sometimes consume way too much, and we mm. actually having too much information is as bad as having yeah. none. Well, it's not getting any better. Like chat, <laughs> chat GTP, guys. Yeah. I'm telling you, that is... Uh, Davey, Davey yeah. sent me a program from ChatGPT the I'll other day. Ask, I asked ChatGTP, how do I run a silver medal at Two Oceans? And he gave me a whole plan. And I said, Nick, you better be careful, my friend. <laughs> I, I sent Davey a back... Uh, a, 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 sent one back at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he sent me an article on how someone... Uh, someone did the exact same thing, put their program into ChatGPT. And did a marathon and said it was cuck. Yeah, the, pro- <laughs> the program was pretty cuck. But either yeah. way, we, we're getting we're getting sidetracked <laughs> yeah. again. I think also with information, you know, people are attracted to new and shiny. Yeah. You know, we don't want to hear the greatest. We don't want to hear the evidence that was five years ago that is very legitimate. True. It's about you know what's new, even if new might be completely unbacked. It's very it's something true, yeah. new and shiny that you think is going to provide your solution finally because the basics, as we all know. You know, basics done on a world class level lead to unbelievable performance. Yeah, for sure, that's, that's, that's you with your training program, and the Norwegians come out, and everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. a new and shiny uh, program." Yeah, yeah, it's always like that. I think that's just human beings in general. Hundred um, percent. But you know, if we take it back to the, the topic of conversation in terms of running for weight loss, so we've got you know, you wanting to get some weight loss, and you're going to start running. You know, if you are managing your your caloric intake as in you understand the value of the foods that you're eating, you understand the good food versus bad foods. I, I, I firmly believe in just getting an idea of what is healthy for me and what is not healthy for me and understanding how I can incorporate that in my diet, yep. but also not being so strict in, mm. in what I eat that it affects my daily life because I get a lot of joy out of food. Yeah. Food is a big identity for me. I, love, I love eating. So I, I'm never going to let that get in the way of my, my life in yeah. general. Uh, so that would be one element. The mm. second element for, for you, it would be the strength and conditioning element, getting into the gym, just following something, you know, that helps you build that body image to what you want it to be ideally. For us, you know, it would be running. Yeah. And and for most people listening to the podcast would be getting into running, but it, it can be done wrong as well. So when when people do it wrong, because they're going into it, you know, perhaps slightly overweight or extremely unfit, most likely both, they end up picking up a niggle and they never end up going back to running. So from my from my point of view, I think a healthier way of doing it would be to to go through a, a channel more similar to what Dave is suggesting, rather start the route of, you know, getting your nutrition right, getting one element right. Then, you know, you, you get your nutrition, you understand your nutrition 100%, then perhaps start doing a little bit of strength work in the gym. You know, get into the gym, start looking after your body from a, a strength and conditioning perspective. And and with those gains that you would get from there, it would then be the simplest and most easiest way to transition into a full-on running program 100%. because you've done all the groundwork. Yeah. Do you find your running clients or new running clients, you should say, do, do they struggle with appetite regulation? With the running, because you're expending yeah. a ton of calories, or do you find that generally it balances itself out quite well? So, look, when it comes to nutrition in general for runners, I find that that is the most poorly understood element of their training program. Yeah. And still to this day, I get people that, you know, I've been training and I've been trying to educate about nutrition, but 
it will be a week out of a marathon and and I start talking to them about the things that I've been chatting to them in the past and they just they're not understanding any <laughs> bit of it. It's just like for some reason running nutrition is just like the biggest black hole out there. I I think even bigger than just general nutrition. So I I think that's one big element of it that just the lack of understanding around it, the lack of focus behind it. They just don't see it as important as the training, but it's just as important, uh, not more important. Yeah. But yes, then I also do see that element of, you know, I can't eat after I've run. So now you're asking me to get protein in within the first hour or two of running, but I just have no appetite. Yeah. So how am I supposed to do that? And I, do you get that with your clients as well? No, not really. To be honest, what you find the biggest thing that stops most people in their tracks of fat loss is hunger, is fatigue. Um, so while you are getting a client that result, those are two major things that you're managing. So I don't find that a handful of clients that have ever said that they're not hungry. Um, and hunger, I think also in this day and age, hunger is viewed as a bad thing. Mm. Like we're so accustomed to always be eating and having a snack because food's so readily available, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with being hungry. Like it's it's your body saying, cool, I'm hungry. Doesn't mean that you need to eat. Um, but I've never really come into my coaching field and, and seen someone battle with appetite. Um, so I wouldn't say that uh, I'm having people saying, no, I can't eat for three hours because of yeah. a training session. Yeah, look, I think it's just different when it comes to a running training session. Yeah. And especially like, you know, when you've pushed your heart rate to 80%, 90% of your heart rate max for an hour, hour and a half session, it sometimes can be very difficult for your body to get back into a level of just homeostasis and to be able to yeah. take nutrition in. And, you know, from the previous conversations that we had, I feel the easiest way around that would be having some sort of quick and easy way of getting uh, that fueling in through either a shake or mm. but it wouldn't be a meal, yeah, yeah. A meal no, of replacement course. shake. It would of be course. just a supplementation to try yeah. and get that stuff down. And also just nutrition whilst running will make sure that then you're not really suffering so much post-running because you haven't eaten so much into your reserves yeah. during during your effort. Yeah. It's so odd to hear that runners don't place uh, focus on their nutrition. Ah, oh, bro. Like it's, it's <laughs> do you think because people think I've been eating my whole life, my running's getting a little bit better mm. and they're just kind of eating when they're hungry. Um, or they think maybe because they think they're trying so hard at the running, they can get away with it. It's difficult. I, I, th I think, first of all, following a, a nutrition plan whilst you're running is incredibly difficult. And there's just so, uh, there's such a lack of information out there. But like mm. for me, say you finish a run, you've done, you've done 30Ks, you have an appetite suppressant, you're not that hungry. It is so easy to slip back into your normal day-to-day -day routine and mm you're going to be put on such a, a back foot. Because, I mean, especially with long-distance running, if, you, if you're running for 30Ks and you're just going to go about your normal day-to-day -day basis and not replenish everything that you've just taken out of your body, Yeah, I mean, it's a very slippery slope. And, and then you have a poor night's sleep and then you go run again the next day without eating cycle. before your run. Yeah. And then you just deplete yourself chronically and then before you know it, you're overtraining mm. because now you're training harder but your performance is dropping and you're not understanding why. So what changes? You don't start fueling. You just start training more. Yeah. And, and that's the common mistake. You know, the last thing that people think about is nutrition. And I think it's something that, you know, we, we are trying to talk quite a lot about on our podcast because we find that it is a big element that runners don't understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we often find ourselves going, going on about it. But yeah, it, it is an odd one. And I think it comes down to just, you know, 
you just don't think about eating when you're running sometimes you know yeah. if it, it, because you running especially with with road running you get into the state of flow and i'm not mm. saying that you don't get that with with trail running you definitely do but it's a lot more difficult to do that to get into this just state of meditation where yeah. you're just hitting a pace and you're holding that pace for hour two hours that sometimes you you clean out forget to yeah. eat and it almost like down regulates your whole body where yeah. it's just like so calm yeah and some people just don't know they don't even know that they should be eating or yeah. they, they know that they should be eating so they have like one goo for a marathon yeah. i think if you think about it, most people have regulated their their diets dependent on appetite levels throughout their entire life yeah you know, i'm hungry i need to eat so i can understand how then a new runner if they've got no appetite they don't eat and when they're running you don't really get hungry when you're yeah. running uh the only time i really got hungry and that was one of my experiences where i realized shit i actually need to eat a little bit more was on my first marathon when i got to about 30 k's i was running through the streets of paris and i was looking at every cafe and i was just <laughs> like man i want to stop and eat and i realized i hardly eaten anything on this run yeah. and you know it's it's something that just highlighted it for me and i have been aware of it but yeah it's still something that is ever evolving and ever changing yeah, and course. as you said the information out there is also something that's constantly uh changing there's new products that come out and you're just trying to at the end of the day when it comes to nutrition for running you're trying to get enough in most of the time rather than trying to take less yeah. and when people get into running for weight loss they're trying to take less yeah and i was i had that problem True. i was trying to lose weight you know so i was running in the morning non-eating so i wouldn't eat before my run I get home, go to work, probably not eat till maybe even one o'clock. And if I had a busy day, sometimes I wouldn't even eat till the afternoon. Now, Crazy before I've known it, I've gone a whole day and now my body is used to that. So I'm not even mm. feeling too hungry. And I'm I'm like saying to myself, oh, I'm fasting. It's fine. I'm, I'm, but I'm like exercising a little <laughs> hard. So it's yeah. a really unhealthy behavior that yeah. you, know, you can slip into. Yeah. And you know, I just want to highlight that if you are a newbie runner or any kind of level runner and you're not fueling for performance or fueling just to run you are really starving your body not only yeah. depleting it you're starving it and you are preventing your performance from improving yeah. yeah the thing i've been telling you know well not not necessarily clients but the thing i'm believing more and more and it's probably applicable to running is that hard work alone is not enough like you've also got to work smart yeah because anyone can grit their teeth with a lot of willpower and i'm sure you see in running all the time for a certain period of time and they might do well but hard work is like banging your head against the wall. Eventually, you're going to stop. Yeah, um, you got to be smart about it. Yeah, I mean, and if you're not smart, then you get injuries. Then you end up going through lulls with your mental health, perhaps. You know, I'm sure maybe this is the same. You know, I found after bodybuilding shows, because it was so tunnel vision, that you go through a massive dip afterwards. And I'm sure you guys must have seen that in marathon running. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. And people fall out of it. And especially when they, when they get injured, they take a back step and then they never get back into it. Mm. So, you know, if you are someone that did do that, uh, there is a way out. Yeah. Um, Dave, in closing up, mm. I just want to touch on you as a coach. What What are your non-negotiables that, you know, you'd go into a coaching agreement with someone from the start saying, look, if you're not going to do this for me, I, I won't be able to do that for you. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, the first thing is you got to be coachable. You've got to be receptive to understand that the coach probably does know more than you. Um, not to say that, you know, we all know more than our clients, but you need to be receptive to what they're telling you because I even made a post uh, today before I came, there's a big difference between what a person thinks they need and what a coach knows that they need. So sometimes we'll be saying certain things, not because we're trying to annoy you or frustrate you or, or whatever. It's because we know that you need certain things. 
Um, and you might have seen it before where people aren't that receptive to a certain thing that you're saying. But mm. so the first thing is you've got to be coachable. You've got to listen. Second thing would be just attitude. You know, you can't come with, you know, even though I know people and I'm sure you might have had it with other people, you know, you, people are coming to your low points in their life sometimes, maybe more so in my industry. But you've got to still have an attitude to be able to to listen, to work hard and to, to put one foot in front of the other. You know, you can't teach an attitude, unfortunately, as well. But yeah, I would say coachable attitude and for me, communication. Like if someone yeah, doesn't communicate huge. with me, it drives me off the wall. And, um, you know, in many coaching businesses, uh, in my field, I'm not sure about running, but the coaches don't even reply to clients. Take three, four days, very unprofessional. So when you've got a coach that will respond to you extremely quickly and show interest, you know, communicate because it is a partnership at the end of the day. And um, I know for myself, the more I can get out of a person, the better will be for them, better will be for me. Um, so I would say coachable attitude, um, not to say you can't come with an attitude that's low energy um, because that's normal, um, mm. but just have an attitude of wanting to be better um, and then just communicate. You, Brilliant. Yeah, if you have those three, then a coach should be able to help you monumentally if you can just come with those three. And if someone wants to get a hold of you, how can get how can they get in touch with you, Dave? Yeah, go to uh, Instagram, Dave Watkeys. Surname's W A T K E Y S. Yeah, we'll, we'll attach some handles. Yeah, quite it. a unique surname, but um, you'll find me straight there on Instagram, easy. Brilliant. Thank you so much for being here today. Bro. No, I appreciate it. It was a hell of an insightful conversation. Yeah, um, I mean, probably not one of the usual podcasts for your for your running, you know, uh, audience, but it was enjoyable. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.